caste system, announcing the commencement of the annual purge sanctioned by the U.S. government. Weapons of class 4 and lower have been authorized for use during the purge. All other weapons are restricted. Government officials of ranking 10 have been granted immunity from the purge and shall not be harmed. Commencing at the siren, any and all crime, including murder, will be legal for 12 continuous hours. Police, fire, and emergency medical services will be unavailable until tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. when the purge concludes. Blessed be our new founding fathers and America, a nation reborn. May God be with you all. Everybody, welcome to another edition of Grizzly Paranormal and True Crime with Shay Rogers. Welcome, welcome. Good evening, good Friday evening, ladies and gentlemen. How you doing, Shay? I'm doing okay. All right. Hello, Kita. Hello, Lisa. Hello, Jim. Welcome, welcome to the show. Yes, it's Friday. Woo-woo. Yes, it is. I'm gonna hopefully everybody had a good week. I know it's been an interesting week for me. I cannot complain, like always. But if I do, who's around to actually listen to me anyway? So it is what it is. Hello, Valerie. Uh, welcome. Hello. I love the blue heart. Thank you very much. So what's been going on with you, Shay? Um, nothing. Nothing this week. Kind of resting, doing some spring cleaning and researching our new case. Yeah, so we have been getting a lot of cases I've seen. Yes, this, the case we're working on it, it is actually another Michigan case, which I, I don't want anybody to think I'm favoring Michigan. However, this was the first one that came through as a request. And I do want to mention um, if anybody would like us to look in any cases, go ahead and send that in and we'll take a look at it and see if there's anything to investigate. Um, I do have another case which is um, close to my heart as well as Vale. Um, that is going to be up next and it's going to be a big case and, um, a lot of stuff coming. So it's going to take me a little bit to compile everything and get with Val and get some more, um, details. Yeah. So don't forget to email us at grizzly true crimes and gmail.com. That is grizzly true crimes at gmail.com. Ladies and gentlemen, we are looking at everybody's request. Hello, crazy witch. Welcome. Welcome. (laughs) <laughs> Once again, we are not going to be in the ditch tonight, but Shay's probably thinking, what in the world does that mean? But no, we I know, what that, I yeah, know well, what that means. Trust me. That, I, it, yeah. We had a marathon the other night. But it anyway. was been a stressful couple of weeks, that's for sure. That's yes, for it sure. has been. Yes, it has been. 
But we have Valerie. Yes, I need to get with you on that. Absolutely, Valerie. Uh, I am really excited. Uh, first of all, uh, any case that is submitted, we do look at. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we do not put to the wayside. There are many factors that we look at when it determines a case. Okay. Yeah. Uh, every case that has been submitted are very, very excellent cases. Uh, now, for the ladies and gentlemen that have just now tuned in, what we do is, is we take cases that are either open, uh, code, whether it's missing person cases, unsolved uh, murder cases, or whatever. It can be uh, nationally known. It can be locally known. And what we do is we try to go back and try to put the pieces together and figure out what happened. Well, not only that, we have a group of people an with, yes, go yes. ahead. An excellent group of people. We got to put that in there. Not just a group of people. They are excellent. Phenomenal. And these people have abilities to where they can go back and try to give us information. Now, some people may call them psychics. Some people may call them mediums. Others, clairvoyance, and whatever else you want to label them as. Some has worked for the FBI, CIA, and other departments that we cannot mention. Some has worked with the local law enforcement. Some, have, some of these people in our groups are across the country and also across the world, ladies yes, and gentlemen. International. Yes, they are. So we'll leave it at that. So, quite Jay. Few, like, quite a few of the ones coming from international. And, um, I'm gonna tell you, they they were right on the money. They they, a lot of them had different some details, but if you put all the clues together, kind of like me and and Kath were talking about, like you connect the dots, it it really fell in line with each other, if that makes sense. Yeah. So what we do is is uh, we take a case, and. We do not tell them anything. We do not let them watch the show. We do not discuss anything with them. And we ask them. So let's say Sarah is in this group, ladies and gentlemen. So we say, Sarah, all right, you have these abilities to go back into whatever you do, you know, psychic, clairvoyant, mediumship, whatnot. What do you need for me to investigate this case? And they will say, I either need a coordinate. I either, either need a name, first name, a date of birth, or sometimes it may just be a picture, just a single picture, nothing else. And that's the only thing they use, ladies and gentlemen. And they come back with a report. Then within a week, we come back with that report and we let them come on the show and we'll let them read the report. Now, if there is sensitive information, that we cannot. Hello, Brenda. Welcome to the show. Hey, Brenda. Sense of information that, you know, we cannot release on the air, then of course we will not, you know, just for safety and uh, because the case is still open, you know what I'm saying? But we will withhold that, but everything else will go. Adrian, welcome uh, for Toronto, Canada. I heard about uh -oh. live yesterday. Yeah. Uh, the psychic abilities, God bless you. Keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, make sure and spread the word. Uh, subscribe, like us, share us, toss us around like a rag doll. I mean, that's that's how we get out there. That's how we, you know, help solve these cases. 
you know, that's that's what we're all about. I appreciate that very much. All right, Shay, you're up. It's all you. Okay. So this is the case that was submitted to us, um, I think, a few weeks ago. And we had just, we were just getting into the last case. We were starting the psychics and mediums and other abilities. Um, which I have to say, that got broken up into two shows. And there, when we were doing the case, there was so much involved in that case, remember, Grizzly, that some of the details weren't even mentioned on the show until they brought it out. And then that, that is correct. So um, that that was another uh, eye opener. And the I think the audience could tell. I, I definitely think they could tell that there was it was there's a lot to that case. And it's still going on. And I do want to say, and Grizzly, you know, they, we also had um, people with special abilities contact us outside the show. Ladies and gentlemen, so Shay much. is right. And we were getting calls at strange hours of the day. Yes. Saying, get up, get a pen and paper. Hey, Emails. The person's right here next to me. They're trying to give you a message. to the. I'm like, what? Who? Who's this? I'm like, I'm like <laughs> hey, the person's here. The person that's missing, they're trying to tell you something. I'm like, hold on, I gotta let me let me call Shay. Oh, you know? I got goosebumps just thinking about that call. You know, that call and this has happened several weird. times. And and ladies and gentlemen, I was like, you know, people were calling me. I had no idea who they were at first, you know, because they didn't, they, they were just screaming at me, telling me, you know, write it, write it down. I and I, I didn't yeah. have nothing to write down. I called Shay, grab pen and pen and pen and pen and pen and pen, pen, pen and paper. <laughs> and she didn't know what was going on. No. And she was like, look, you don't believe this is real? Stand still. I want to touch your right shoulder right now. You're going to feel this. And I'm like, <gasps> okay, you got my attention. Yes, most definitely. Um, so, yeah. So, I love that group. And I'm hoping that more can join um, and help us out with this case. This case... Um, like I said, this was requested a few weeks ago, but because that case of Zion was so, so big and so much information that we're just now getting to it. Um, so this was um, out of uh, Portage, Michigan, is where this young lady's from. Um, that is the southwestern part of Michigan. Um, I guess you can associate it with Kalamazoo. Um, that's Kalamazoo is a big city and a lot of people probably know of that location. So it's, it's Kalamazoo. It's right outside. It's part of like a suburb within Kalamazoo. Okay. okay. Um, so her name is Heather Kelly and she is, um, 30, I believe I'm sorry, 38 years old. I wrote that down. I apologize. Oh, right. Now, 35 years old. Um, bring up a picture while you're talking. Okay. Um, so she, she, again, this is another small um, frame lady. She was 125 pounds. She's a little bit tall, 5'8". Um, she went missing on December 10th of 2022. So just this past December. Um, and so we're now what, five, five months, almost exactly into the, into this case. Um, it is currently being investigated by the Detroit FBI field office. So the FBI is involved and then Kalamazoo County Sheriff. Now, remember I said Kalamazoo is right outside of Port Portage. So the main three cities we're going to talk about is Portage. That is where she's from. And um, another one called uh, Comstock. And that is another little suburb within Kalamazoo. So those are the three cities and, and they're all bordering each other. So that's why the Kalamazoo County Sheriff is taking it over with the Detroit FBI field office. Okay. Um, so the sad part of this story is she is a mother of eight. 
eight children, ladies and gentlemen, eight children, all young, um, who are currently being taken care of um, by the father of the eight children um, and also the, the his parents. Um, so let's, we're gonna do a timeline of the case I think would be easier. And then we can go back and maybe highlight on each thing. Would that be easy for everybody to understand? You think, Grizzly? Yes. So I'm a timeline first. right now of what she looks okay. like, ladies and gentlemen, while she is talking. So can you all see that? Can you see her picture? Yeah, I can see it. Sorry. Okay. I just want to make sure. So this is what she looked like. The FBI is actually offering $20,000. Yes. 20,000. Yes. So um, let me see if I can then, bring it up bigger. The, there we between go. Between the sheriff, the FBI, and then um, some private donors, I think a private um, donation of $5,000 was made. So it's up to $20,000 at this point. Okay. Hello, so I, all right. So, yeah. So, okay. On December 10th, okay, um, she had told her children that she was going to visit um her boyfriend okay and that was right between 9 and 9 30. um so on december 10th okay, i don't this is according to the court records at 3 43 um a surveillance camera from a local business where she went missing um shows that she had dropped off her boyfriend at KPEP. And that what that is, is that is a halfway house. Okay. And that's kind of important for everybody to understand the halfway house. That is just outside of Kalamazoo. Okay. In the city limits. Um, but, okay, we're going to go back to that one. It's kind of get confusing. Okay. Um, so 5 p.m. to 10.30 p.m. The boyfriend on December 10th was, went to work. So she dropped him off at 3.43 p.m. the day that she went missing, okay? So don't, don't remember I said that she left and told her kids, don't go there yet. Um, so at 3.43, she was, saw, she was seen on a camera and she dropped off her boyfriend at the halfway house that he was staying at. The boyfriend had to be at work, okay, at 5 p.m. and his shift ended at 10.30 p.m. Um, he works as a busboy at a place called the Park Club. Um, and then that's in Kalamazoo. So now this is the important part. Now I said that he got off at 10:30 p.m. Right? This is where she leaves again at 9:30 p.m. and tells her kids that she's going to see her boyfriend. Okay. Um, so she leaves her home. That's the last time they would see her. Um, then now this is important. At 9:30 p.m. before. He got even got off work, and when she left to go pick him up, he he wears an um, a GPS tether, okay. And we'll explain why later. Um, I don't know how this happens. I I, I so want. So to you're look saying into it you're saying you're saying a GPS tether. That means a GPS tracker, right? Yes, yes. It's an electronic tether okay. around his ankle, and it, it lo you okay. know his GPS locates him, okay? Because he's staying at the halfway house. And okay. I don't, we'll All explain right. what a halfway house is later for, for those who don't know. Um, conveniently, he, the, the electric tether that he's wearing while he's on federal parole, federal parole, ladies and gentlemen, 
goes dead. He turned it off. Okay. How can you turn that off? That, okay. That's my question. But it even gets more, even more curious in just a moment. Um, go. Okay. So then at 10 p.m. after she left the kids at 9, 9.30 when his tracker went off, that's when she was seen on the on the surveillance camera again at a business at 10 p.m. Okay. On 12.10. At 10.30, um, I don't know if I want to go into it. Okay. At 10.30 p.m., that's the time he got off work and his tether was shut off an hour prior. Um, they pulled the phone records and it shows that both her and her boyfriend were together at the park club. The park club is where he works. It's a private dinner club. Okay. A private dinner club. So now, how do they know that? There. Were they, were they binging the cell phones or something? Oh yeah. Because they, this is what they found in the investigation. This, this is Corby. Yes, Missy. Her boyfriend okay. had a, a GPS tracker. Yes. He was, he's on, on he was on, he was on preferral. Okay, so he was able to work and he had to stay at a halfway house. Okay, these are his conditions of his parole. Um, So she obviously picked him up at 1030. Okay, she left 1030. They both pinged after the phone records were pulled um, because she disappeared. Um, Right after that, 1030 it pinged, but at 1030, both of those phones get turned off. So now the GPS locator on his ankle is turned off. Her phone and his phone pinged at 1030 when he got off work at his location of employment. And then right after his the phones ping there, the phones were turned off. That within that same minute or two. Okay. Um, and this is also important. Where they turned the phones off was um, in the area of East Michigan Avenue and Sprinkle Road, okay? That will come handy in a moment. Um, so on December 11th, the next day, 2.48 a.m., the boyfriend returns to KPEP. That's the halfway house. So he got off work at 10.30 p.m. His tether's off. I'm sure he's got, you know, time curfews to be in because it's kind of like a, a halfway house is kind of where you go to reintegrate into society after being in prison. Okay. But you still have rules. It's kind of like a sober living for like addiction. This is a halfway house that they stay in with other people. They still have somebody, you know, watching them. They have parole conditions. So his work employment, he had to work. He had to wear the tether, the GPS tether in the event that something happens or they need to find him or he didn't go show up for curfew. They know where to find him, right? So at 2.48 a.m., he returns to this halfway house. His roommate, which is also another person on parole, observes deep scratches on his chest and on his back. Um, a little bit over an hour later, the Kalamazoo deputy um, finds a 2015 Toyota Venza. Okay. And it's parked along East Michigan Avenue. Remember I just said the last time their phones pinged and were turned off, it was at East Michigan Avenue and Sprinkle Road. Um, but she had not yet been reported missing at that time. 
when they, they saw her truck on the side of the road. Um, and the tags showed that it was abandoned, so they tagged it. They didn't tow it, they tagged it, okay? It was perfectly in, in you know, in condition to where somebody just pulled off and left it. There was no damage, nothing. Um, well, that's normal. Five, yes. That's normal. Right. So when they wouldn't think anything different, somebody stalled or they broke down, parked the, the truck. Okay. That's what, that's right. what they, they tagged it. Um, so what so, was she saying is, is that when I used to be on the police department and I see a car on the side of the road, all right, I would sit there and I would call in in a dispatch and I would mark the vehicle and I would give it 24 to 72 hours. And that vehicle has not been moved, ladies and gentlemen. It would be towed with an orange sticker. Yes. Yes. So. And, and and there was no, she wasn't reported missing at this time. So even if they ran the plates, nothing would pop up that, oh God, this is a missing person's vehicle. Okay. So they just thought it was abandoned at that point and tagged it. Um, so a little bit over two hours later at the halfway house at 557, December 11th. Oh my God. His tether is turned back on. Are we following? So I don't know of the abilities or capabilities and, and Grizzly Adam, I thought maybe you could, you know, um, well, tell us more I about that. No, let's, you know, that's hold on here. So I got a, I got a video clip. Let's see if I can switch screens here and, uh, let's see what we got here. Uh, let me hit another button here. Make sure it's the right one, ladies and gentlemen. And here we go. What are we going to watch? Police in Kalamazoo County continue their search for missing mother of eight. Today, dive teams searched the area, sprinkled again, looking for any sign of Heather Kelly. Nothing was found. That search happened near where Kelly's car was found last month. As investigators continue in their search, Kelly's eight children are staying with relatives, struggling to not only protect them, but to clothe and feed them. Target 8 investigator Ken Colker spoke with the couple who have taken in the kids. Heather Kelly's brother and his wife have been caring for her eight children, ages 5 to 17, since shortly after Christmas. They've given up hope that she'll be found alive. Uh, Five-year-old, a little girl. Seven-year-old, a little boy. Eight-year-old, a little girl. Ten-year-old, a girl. Aunt Stacy Kelly rattles them off in order. A boy. 15-year-old a girl, 16-year-old a boy, 17-year-old a boy. In addition to the two kids the couple already had. Rough isn't the word, but man. It's just, it's hard. So, but I got them, so they're the only piece of her I have. Their mom, 35-year-old Heather Kelly, disappeared on December 10th after telling her kids she was headed to downtown Kalamazoo to pick up an acquaintance. Police said they found her car the next day, along with evidence of a violent crime. More than a half dozen searches have turned up nothing. For now, the kids are staying with Uncle Todd and Aunt Stacy in the couple's 1,300-square-foot <laughs> home, three bedrooms, one bath. We have lots of couches, and, uh, we, you know, one kid on each end, and then the bigger ones lay on a mattress right now, for now, and, you know. And we, are, we do got a bunk bed now. We're just making do, I guess. They live in farm country about an hour from Kalamazoo. They ask that we not say exactly where. We don't know what's going on exactly. We don't know. We just don't know too much, and I don't want any dangers uh, where we are. The goal is if, if their mother doesn't come back in the picture, we just make sure that they stay with family, no matter what. 
whether it's with me or somebody else, but they have to be with family. Going to a foster home shouldn't be an option. They've gotten some donations through a Facebook marketplace post, a bunk bed, bags of clothes, but they need more. A neighbor has set up a GoFundMe page. Just need food and clothes and things like that, but anything would help. I mean, we're, we're just going to do whatever we have to do, no matter what. I have to cook in bulk now, big bulk, but uh, goulash and chili and just make big pots. Yeah. Uh, that's another thing that we do need is bigger pots and pans because I'm only used to cooking for four or five people. The youngest kids, they say, wonder what's taking mom so long to come home. They don't understand what's going on. They're young. All they think is their mom's going to come back home. So we, we're not telling them things they shouldn't know. As for her brother, he fears the worst. And she wouldn't be gone right now if it wasn't against her will. So, so you think something? I absolutely think she's not here anymore. But Sorry. I'm her brother, so... You know I, mean? I don't even want to say that, but my sister wouldn't leave her kids. So, Silent Observer is offering a $5,000 reward in the case. Anyone with information is asked to call the Kalamazoo County Sheriff's Department or Silent Observer. We also have a link to the GoFundMe page on our website at woodtv.com. In the newsroom, Ken Clarkson, <coughs> News 8. Okay, so ladies and if gentlemen, homeowner in let me hit this button and stop. Um, Grizzly, can I just intervene for one second? Oh, absolutely. The last case was was kind of dangerous. Um, that is why they're not releasing exactly where they're at. And he said that he was kind of afraid to say that he was her brother. Um, this is this is another case that may be dangerous as well. Yeah, it it uh, it could be. So now, okay, I'm I'm new to this, ladies and gentlemen. So look, so let me so let me get this picture. So she makes a phone call, says, I'm going to go down and meet with so and so, which no, is no, allegedly... she told she left the house with her kids. She told the kids it wasn't a phone call. Oh, she okay. So kids. she left the house with the kids. And it was or told the kids. It wasn't an acquaintance. It was her boyfriend. Her boyfriend. Yes. Told the kids she's going to go down, see the boyfriend and where he worked, right? Well, right? they did not stay. She didn't stay. She just said, I'm going to see my boyfriend. But the fact that she left the house at 930, he got off work at 1030. They know for a fact that they were there. Both of them were there at his place of work at 1030 when okay. he got off because his phone pinged. Right so after both they of left, them were there at his work at 1030. She probably picked him up, went in. Both their right. phone, They pulled the phone records. They both now, had do we know? Do we, now, do we know if he drives? Probably not because in the halfway house, you got to remember these are prisoners well, that okay, are okay. So, so that's a question mark we got to take consideration. Yeah, so I now, no, no oh, vehicle okay. has been mentioned. All right, in regards so, to him. So, we're assuming we're, we're assuming she picked him up. All right, okay. So, that's at 10 30. All right, I'm on right board before his tether was turned off, right before 10 30 while he was as, as at work. So, right before he got off work. For some reason, ladies and gentlemen, I'm being told that his ankle bracelet has been issued by the state of Michigan for his parole Federal has been missed. Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah, state of, yeah, yeah, right, federal, right. Yes. Has been mysteriously turned off or deactivated or malfunctioned. Let's just say malfunction. Mm, okay. Benefit of the doubt. Malfunction. Okay. We'll go with that for a moment, but I think that's okay. Be a malfunction. Part. Now, I do not know 
right offhand, if they switch devices over the years, they probably have. Technology has changed. But who knows? But let's say it malfunctioned. Okay, what happens next? And let me just say, though, if it malfunctioned, let's say it malfunctioned, okay, at 10.30. Well, 10 p.m. It malfunctioned at 10 p.m., right? Okay, 10 p.m. But then it it mysteriously started working again at 5.57 a.m. Now, hold up. We're not there yet. So, all right. So, malfunctions. What happens next? Uh, well, no. Okay. So, that's where that's where we were at. Okay. So, right. you want to know what happens next? Okay. Yeah. So, two, right after the okay. phone was ping, the phones were turned off at Sprinkle so, Road and Michigan. Okay. So, Sprinkle Road and Michigan, yep. for some reason, their cell phones shut off. Both. So, okay. let's, say, let's say allegedly, for some reason, ladies and gentlemen, both batteries went kaput. And they just went dead. Okay. It, while the while the GPS tethers malfunctioned. Okay. All right. Um, now this is a lot of coincidences. Now everything just shutting off. But let's say allegedly they just went dead. They didn't have no cell phone uh, chargers. Let's say the cell phones went dead. All right. But let you. me and right before their cell phones both went dead, she called her children at ten twenty. Okay? okay. He got off work at ten thirty. She called him at them at ten twenty and said that. Um, she would be home soon that she was headed home. Okay. Did we? So, so she's, her this another, intentions yeah. was shortly to arrive back home within, well, okay. All right. Now that okay. changed. Now that's a game changer. Yes, it is. All um, right. So then at 248, when he arrived back at the halfway house where he has to stay per his parole, um, his roommate noticed that he had deep scratches on his chest. And on his back. These are right. core details. Okay. Now so let's these... let now let's stop right there. So we know beyond a reasonable doubt, he is out on parole. What is he out on parole for? Does anybody know? Um, yes, I do. Give me okay. one second. I was was not there yet. Um, it's kind of very big, and that's why I said this is another that's one. That's all right. All We're right. gonna get some background here. Um, so he was issued the tether. We got that. BFL, okay. All right. So in 2013, he was sentenced to 13 years for conspiracy and a weapons charge. Okay. Um, Did they say what type of conspiracy? I'm, or... I'm getting there. Um, okay. On top of that, in 2010, um, so this is concurrently, um, he was, he had another charge for a drug related crime. Okay. And we're going to go into why we're not being specific. Um, in which included a murder for hire plot. Okay. He was, a, it included a murder for hire plot. He was accused of soliciting others to help him murder a drug dealer who robbed him. And this is supposed to be a big drug dealer who is not mentioned. And I don't know if he's still in the game, if he's in prison, or if he's no longer with us. But it, it was right. a big thing. Okay. So he wanted um, to whack somebody. Okay. Yes. And it was a murder for hire. And then he was also solicitating um, or soliciting others. But he did get in 2000. That was in 2010. But then in 2013, he was. Okay. So 2010, he was charged with a drug, uh, drug related crime. And that included a murder for hire, which he was accused of. Okay, for soliciting others to help him murder drug that drug dealer. So he didn't get 
charged with that murder for hire because he was only accused of it. So obviously he had only served a few years for the 2010 charge, but then now in 2013, he gets charged and sentenced to 13 years for conspiracy and weapons charge, the conspiracy for another murder and weapons charge. However, a separate murder. Yes. Murder, a, a conspiracy murder. So another one. But the 2010, he was only accused of it. Okay. All right. All right. However, there's no records. Records are not, they don't show the details of what had happened in the murder for hire plot. Okay. Are you having flashbacks, Grizzly? Yes, I am. Having okay. So you know where I'm, so going I'm, I'm looking it, right? something up. Keep okay. Talking. I'm looking something up. So the up. fact that he was out, um, he got out in July of 2022. So if he was sentenced to 13 years in 2013, he should have he shouldn't have been up for parole for until the minimum sentence of 13 years. But he got out in July of 2022 and he is on federal parole with the GPS tether reporting in this halfway house that has curfews and drug tests, just like you're in prison, but it's just a little bit more leeway. You're you're they're integrating you back in the public, but you're you're still you have the confinement and you know the parole conditions. Does that are we does that make sense? Yeah, that makes okay. sense. So again, we're entering a danger zone because obviously the circle, and we'll go more into him after we do the case details. Okay, makes sense. All right, now, All right. ladies and gentlemen, uh, I am going to show you the actual conspiracy law in the state of Michigan. It's penal code 750.151, okay? And this is the conspiracy penalty. Now, ladies and gentlemen, now I am not going to read this whole thing to you because uh, it's way too long. It's a, so I am going to give you a condensed version of what this is. And uh, if I can find where we're at on which page, let me hit the right button here and share this screen. Hold on here, because I always liked these things and so forth. So here is the penal code for Michigan for conspiracy. All right, you all see that, correct? No, it's not up. Oh, it's not up? No, I don't see it. Well, let me try this again. Let me hit present, share screen. Uh, Windows, Microsoft tab, share. Now, do you see it? Mm -mm. It, it the the wheel was going, but all right. Well, anyways, I'm gonna try this one more time. If it doesn't, I'm gonna read you what it says. But I'm not gonna read the whole thing. That so here, I'll bring up the condensed version. See if this works. All right. So it says right here, to be convicted of conspiracy in Michigan under Michigan state law, the following must occur. And it says right here, you and one or more people knowingly and agree to commit a crime. You specifically intend to commit or to help commit that crime. Conspiracy only relates to the act of agreeing to commit a crime, not the commission of the crime. 
So that means that me and Shay or Shay and I, we talk about doing something, but even though we don't do it, we are conspiring to commit a crime. Do you understand, ladies and gentlemen? Now, reference that in Michigan Penal Code, Act 328 of 1931, 750.151, Section 151. It's all right there. Sorry I couldn't bring it up to show you on the big screen. So I'm going to stop sharing that and come back to reality here with you. So that is what it is. So, yes. So Valerie says, well, why don't you just take your cell phones there and see if you lose connection, see if you have dead spots. Well, that's, that's an easy drive-by, see if you lose connection. What? Well, well, yeah. what happens if they have a different phone, cell phone service? Right. And, and there's cell towers, but it, it, for that both phones be turned off and the tether malfunction all three at the same time. And then we'll go further. I was just saying, it's just a lot of coincidence. That's mm -hmm. the only thing I'm saying. Yes. Yes. So, um, after he returns to, you know, the, the roommate, like I said, it's court documents. Okay. Um, now, so he after. returns at what time? He returned at 2.48 a.m. Now, from my understanding, if you are in a halfway house, now correct me if I'm wrong, anybody out there that's listening, don't they have rules and regulations of when you can and cannot come and go? Yes. And it does go around your work hours and your yes. work schedules. You do have to check in and you do have to check out. And they want you to work. That's probably a condition of the parole because remember, it's, it's reintegrating them into the public. So it's kind of like a, you know, kind of like a program, but not the program, you know? Yeah. That's right, Norma. Curfew. Yes. Lisa Scott broke curfew. That's that's what I'm thinking. Yes. Crazy witch, 100%. So I don't know. That's 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 the point I'm getting at. On top you of know? broke curfew. Now, remember, I, I said something about the tether. Now, if the tether GPS is to make sure that they're where they're supposed to be and locate them if they're not doing wrong and say it malfunctioned. We said it malfunctioned a little bit before 1030, correct? It went on yes. the next day at 5.57 a.m. Who was monitoring? It should have, like, alerted that six hours. Over six hours that he, or five and a half that he was unaccounted for. Why didn't that GPS go off? Like, I know, like, I've never experienced GPS, but, like, watching and, and the um, shows and the crimes and the, how they explain it, they come out and measure from your front porch, and you can only go so many feet, and then if you put it over the line, of that invisible line where they tell you, it beeps. That and sends an alarm. Right? So he is three miles away when this happens, three miles away from his halfway house. All right. So you're saying he left again? No, he didn't. He never returned. He was supposed to return after work, but he never returned until 2.48 a.m. And that's when he... Allegedly, may have broke curfew, and that's when his broom partner knows the scratches. Right, because he got off work at ten thirty p.m. So I'm sure they give you like so many minutes, they you know account for where they're right. located. Right, just in case traffic or whatnot. Right. Okay, I, I, I right. can buy that. Okay, so that. I'm sure the curfew is not at two forty a.m. Given that you're not supposed to be drinking, you're not supposed you know you're not supposed to be out partying. It's you're random drug of... test, pee test. Yeah, right. Yep. Okay. okay, so that was at two forty a.m. when he returned the roommate observe that and also reported it to the police 
It is in court details, like I said. At 3.53 a.m., okay, he's back at the halfway house. But at 3.53, that is when the sheriff's department observed her vehicle on the side of the road, ran the plates, and then tagged it for abandonment because there, she had not been reported missing. Nobody, you know, she wasn't reported missing yet. So they went nowhere. Right, right. Okay. So, but then at 5.57 a.m., after, so another three hours after he returned to the halfway house, his tether gets turned back on. And it's these. So if it's they, they're not, these are, these are in the court, these, this is court record. They're not saying that it's malfunctioned. They specifically say that it was turned off and turned on. All right. So we can use it turned off and turned on. Right. All yes, right. We can. So we, okay. can, we can use those terms. And we're not saying, but we don't know if he turned it on or off. We're just saying it was turned off and turned on. Okay. Right. Exactly. So right, at then. 6.50 a.m., 6.55 a.m., and an hour later after his tether gets turned back on, he goes to work. But he has a second job at a place called Man Hummel. Um, I don't know where or what it does. However, it is located on South Sprinkle. Okay. Remember I said her. So we're doing this whole radius. Michigan, South Sprinkle. The other one was located right. in Michigan. This new job, this the second job is located on South Sprinkle. Her vehicle was found on East Michigan Avenue, just I think just north of um Sprinkle Road. We'll go back to that. Um, so he reports to his job at 6:55. Now her cousin, um, her name was not mentioned. Her cousin is now kind of worried about you know her not returning. After she had talked to her kids, said that she was going to, on her way home, she'd be, you know, and that she was only going to go see her boyfriend at the halfway house. Um, at 6.54 p.m. that 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 same day, well, on December 11th. So she she left the house at December 10th at, at 9.20. At December 11th, at 6.54 p.m., her cousin is going and searching for her. She locates the abandoned car at the same place the cops tagged it at east michigan oh right here east michigan and, and north sprinkle road okay so he his work is south sprinkle the other one's near east michigan her pickup truck is at um east michigan which is just north of sprinkle road okay all right so when she pulls up starts pulling up to it she sees a red pickup truck speed away when she was approached in the truck the car is on fire completely ablaze all right now wait a minute help me out i'm slow ladies and okay. gentlemen grizzly slow so who went to the vehicle and what's this vehicle her cousin her cousin her. went looking for her okay the evening of december 11th okay right she okay. and she located the, the her pickup truck that was tagged by the police officers that morning before she was reported missing. Okay. So she still hadn't been reported missing because her, you know, her cousin just went looking for her. That's when she saw the pickup truck as she was approaching it in her vehicle. She sees a red pickup truck speed away. So the red pickup truck just hauls butt. Yep. Hauls butt. All right. She's approaching it. The the her Heather's car pickup truck is on fire. So Heather's vehicle just catches on fire. Right. 
Well, I mean, he probably started it and then got in the bread truck, drove away. I, we, I don't know who he is, okay? We don't know. It could have been a, a female, two people, three people. I don't know. However, she did observe and, and told police officers it was a red pickup truck that sped away as she was, she was pulling over and was approaching it. And then before she even got out, as the truck was speeding away, that's when the fire started in the uh -huh. pickup truck. Okay. Okay. Does that make better sense? All right. Yes. All right. So she then called the police because now something's not, you know, something's not driving. Her, her okay. husband's missing. All the reports of calling. Now she locates the truck, which was tagged. Obviously, her husband did not know that at that time. But then as she sees and starts pulling over to see if that's her truck, sure enough that the red truck was in front, speeds away, hauls butt. And then as she's still approaching the, the her cousin's truck, not even for sure if it's hers, it catches on fire. Okay. Okay. Now she drove, uh, the one we saw on the news was a, was a or red sedan. Now the um, one that sped away was a red pickup truck. Red right? pickup truck. Yep. Yep. Okay. Um, so at that time, that was at 6.54. At 6.55? Her cousin knew something was up, called the police station, reported her missing. They came out to the site, obviously, because her cousin stayed. Um, and they, they, yeah, somebody had asked if they towed it. They did, they did eventually tow it. Once they started going into the details of missing, they investigated it. Now, this is the bad part. Um, they did find her DNA evidence of her blood and her hair. And it was so much of it that they announced on December 19th that they did expect foul play and th that the evidence recovered in the vehicle suggest foul play um, and homicide. It is now being investigated as a homicide um, case. She is still huh. missing. Okay. Um, now, 11 p.m. that same night, um, the boyfriend goes AWOL from the halfway house. His tether AWOL means what? Like just gone. Um what is MIA. Yes, MIA. I can't think of the um AWOL. Um just goes out of nowhere and just nobody knows where that where he's yep. at. Yep. He, he just left missing. Didn't tell the the housemaster who whatever they're called that where he's going. Nobody knew the roommate nothing. That's how okay. you know um, that's how the roommate reported what he had saw, the, you know, that earlier that morning. Um, conveniently, the tether that malfunctioned and went on and off was now cut off and found nearby the halfway house. So he didn't even bother to mal make it malfunction. <laughs> he cut it off at this point. Um, that is when he was listed um, in the federal records as an escapee. So that tells you that he was ordered to be in this halfway house as a condition of the parole, because now he is considered an escapee at this point. Absent without leave. Yes, Denise. Thank you. Thank you very much. I couldn't think of it. Um, so the next day on December 4th, well, I'm sorry, three days later, December 14th, the authorities officially arrest the boyfriend. He's taken to the County jail that houses the federal prisoners. Um, now, now, we're what were, now, now, what was his charges? We're not there yet. Okay. Oh, his charge was for escaping. He wasn't because charged for anything else. He was just charged for escaping because he was considered an escapee. He cut his tether off and he escaped. 
Okay. There, you know, okay, so th through this, through them having him in custody, is listed an escapee on this charge that is unrelated, as we know so far, um, that will give him time to, you know, question him. So on December 30th, which is now two weeks later, um, this is good. This is good, ladies and gentlemen. He writes to um, a federal judge. And he had asked for an early, early release because he claimed that he went AWOL from the halfway house because um, Marie Kelly's brother had threatened to kill him. The judge denied it at that time. We'll go further into that. And the judge refuse, refuses his leave. Now, through more digging that is not even listed on here, I then found out... He didn't stop at uh, at the claiming that his brother or that um, Heather Kelly's brother was threatening to kill him. Couldn't give a reason why he was supposedly threatening to kill him. That because the judge denied that, he then wrote another letter to the federal judge claiming that um uh claiming that he needed to have heart surgery. He needed to get out early because he needed heart surgery. Obviously, the federal judge denied that. Now, in the first letter, claiming that the brother was threatening to kill him, he even included um, that he had he showed him pics of an AR-15, um, other like threats, it, death threats. He had this whole all this stuff listed. Said that he showed all this right. Well, through the investigation. Um, through the search warrant, they then got a search warrant at this point. And they searched the phone, F our Facebook, other social medias, emails. They found that the boyfriend had lied to the investigators about this, okay, about his claims, right? So okay. the brother was not threatening him. So that is not an excuse for why he removed his tether. And that, that he went AWOL because he was scared. Okay, that was a lie. He had lied again, another person who lied to the investigators, right? Then, obviously, I, I don't know about you, but I'm not gonna, I don't know if it's the vendor on the side of the street doing heart surgery. He had been in prison and he had been in a halfway house. I think they would know if he was seeing a doctor, or cardiologist, or needed any type of surgery, correct? So, anytime that you're in a facility, being contained, whether it's a county jail, city jail, prison, federal prison, whatever, they either have people on duty that's medically staff that either knows what they're doing, certified, whatnot, or if it's beyond their comprehension, they will transport them and the EMS will come get them transformed to the hospital. So... I'm not saying he may not have had heart problems. I probably have heart problems going through all this jackass. Oh, almost got me to say it. Messed <laughs> up stuff. So, but, but what it sounds like now, from what you're telling me, what it sounds like is, now this is just hypothetical, ladies and gentlemen, that something did happen, and yes, somebody did say it. So they found a lot of unfortunately evidence in the vehicle after it was burned mm -hmm. so 
And they knew Evidently. that they knew that a violent crime had occurred in in the so, vehicle. How, with all the evidence they found and the amount of blood and hair, they knew that there was a violent at that time a violent crime that had occurred at that point. So we know that somebody was trying to destroy that evidence in that vehicle that was left on the side of that road. Now I know why divers were in that area where that vehicle was left looking for remains. Yes. Yes, because they, they haven't found her as of yet. Um, so um, they do have him detained in jail currently for unrelated charges. But he is due to get out at the end of April. Okay, so through why he's he's in there for an unrelated charge, which is unrelated to this case, but because he had cut his tether, absconded, and was considered escapee, they put him back in prison, and and he gets out um, April twenty sixth. He's they can only hold him for that long. Um, so while they are talking to him and, and he's detained, um, they start investigating. Heather Kelly's case because he's the last known person. They have the location. This is when they start finding out with the phone pinging, you know, his two works and, and how the tether was conveniently turned off. That's when they found out with the roommate observed the scratches on his back and his chest. This is when they start investigating it because now okay. he is listed the last person to see him. Now, um, when you are arrested, ladies and gentlemen, and you go to Sally Port, whatever you want to call it, book in, whatnot. They do strip search you. Everybody knows that. You go into the room and they search you and they search your body cavities for paraphernalia, drugs, weapons, whatnot, even cell phones. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, cell phones. They smuggle those things in. Now, at this time, they will note and mark any tattoos. They should. That this is that's this is what they should. Any scratches scars marks anything and they should photograph them now i do believe this is a process i think that everybody should have or does have in their standard operating procedure which is their sop now i could be wrong you know he may be in the system so much they probably already had everything on file and thought what the hell you know i'm not taking pictures again who knows i don't know i wasn't there but this is usually the normal process you know, hey, man, where'd you get the scratches? Oh, I was out doing yard work or yeah. whatever. You know, I mean, you see, you see where I'm going with this? All right, Jay, go ahead. So, and right now, he, I, I should make it clear that he is only considered a person of interest. Okay? He has not been charged. He has not been um, named. And that's why he's a person of interest. Um, however, um, because... The, because the, the, this is what the police say. These are the phone, because the phone records and the GPS tether showed the location at his work and they're both there. The surveillance camera that caught her right there next to his work. Um, the turned off, the, the, the phone, his phone was turned off that night in the area where the truck was found as well as hers. Now remember the truck was set on fire but they also found her vehicle, DNA. her vehicle, set her vehicle. On fire. yes, right. Her but vehicle. that is her vehicle is where they found the DNA evidence of the blood and the hair. Okay. So let's remember that his phone was turned off there. His tether wasn't on. 
It was shut off. Um, the investigators at this time stated due to all of the forensic evidence and other evidence and the, the details compiled, um, that, and especially the turned off phone is an indication of premeditation. This is from the, the, the sheriff's mouth and FBI indication of premeditation of a violent crime. So they're saying that this was all thought out before it even occurred. It wasn't a crime of passion. Which makes sense, given that his tether was turned off before he left work. It malfunctioned. It, he's a dishwasher. It got wet. It touched something, right? So conveniently that it was turned off. Convenient, like, but the, the surveillance camera caught her going in. They were seen at this private club where he works. She called her children at 10.20 p.m., said, I will be home soon. I'm, I'm, I'm on my way. So... I, it indicates that she was probably dropping him off at the halfway house, which was three miles from the club. And what is in between there? Sprinkle Road and Michigan Road, where her truck was found. The phones were turned off her at 10.30. Her car, her car. Yes, I'm sorry. The phones were turned off at 10.30, both of them. So I'm sure she didn't turn her phone off, especially after talking to her kids, knowing she's got eight kids at home. And had a conversation with them 10 minutes prior. His tether was already turned off before she even picked him up. And then the truck was abandoned by the, the, the sheriff's department because she was not labeled missing. But the truck had all this evidence in it after her cousin vehicle. had called. Vehicle. The vehicle. I'm sorry, vehicle. That's all right, vehicle. Um, so now they listed a truck, so now it's like in my head. All right, so now we have a question. Do we know what set the vehicle on fire? No. I know there's nowhere. Was saying, it no, no mention of an accelerant or anything of any kind? Nothing no, was th that's mentioned. not, I have not come across that. Okay. Um, it just says that it was set ablaze. It was set a fire. And from my understanding with how everything is worded, it was a quick fire that accelerated very quickly. And it was, a, it was hot. Okay. Okay. And then very with the hot speeding but they were still able to recover what they the dna and forensic right. all right now um, brenda wants to know did they ever find uh her phone heather's no. phone no all right denise her dna was only in her car that well, was the had. only thing was uh recovered was only her vehicle yes and valerie uh who uh, who was in the picture uh who has a red truck that's what we're trying to figure out Yes. Somebody has a red truck that is related or tied to whatever happened. Because what's awful strange is, is that somebody or some people or a group of people, however you want to classify it or label it, probably had that old beep moment. It's like, man, we better go back and take care of that vehicle because we got trace mm -hmm. evidence in there. Well, you know, I watch court TV. What are we going to do? Set it afire and run like hell. Yep. And they just happened to get caught. They got caught. But oh. They sped off so fast that that's all of the description that the cousin could give to them. And it was caught. I mean, it, I, I don't think the person pulled over just to check it. And then it randomly caught another malfunction, right? <laughs> the truck just randomly catches on fire. That's so hot that car, car, God dang it. Car. That's I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> um, the car was set on fire where the cousin is approaching it. Right. And 
it's already that burned and that hot. And while the truck is speeding off the red truck. Now you have to remember what his charges and his accusations were prior and kind of like the lifestyle of before. I'm not saying that people don't change. A lot of people do change because they're rehabilitated. Unfortunately, a lot of people don't because they just fall back into the crowd and, um, the All fact right. that he was already for the murder for hire, the conspiracy. You're conspiring right. with other people. So, so what you're trying exactly. to tell me is you're trying to tell me forget his past. All right, I can do that. I'm not but, gonna not to forget but, but history does repeat, unfortunately. Okay. So with the with the totality of the circumstances, ladies and gentlemen, that means with everything as a whole, we know when stuff like this happens. Who's the first person that everybody turns and looks at? The very first person. Norma, who is it? Is the last person that's seen with the person or says, I was with them. We don't know yeah. why he would kill her because there's no, been no confession, no admission. So we don't know. And she, she hasn't been found. So we don't know if she had something on her or how she was killed, if she was killed. But the fact that so much DNA evidence was inside her vehicle, that the police actually stated that it was a violent crime, um, a violent crime nature, and then, then turned into a homicide investigation where this case is still open. They're still gathering evidence. Um, and they've only named him as a person of interest. However, well, hold on a second with that. Um, they know that he's lying. So here we go with the whole lying to the investigators, right, Grizzly? Because yeah. he stated that he had last seen Heather when she had dropped him off at the halfway house in the afternoon on December 10th. We know that's not true because December 10th in the evening was when she was caught on camera going into the his club or his work, the private dinner club, and also where both of their phones pinged. And then turned off, right? So the, right. Invest the investigators already, that's a lie right there, correct? Right. And I agree so, with Lisa. Too many coincidences. Right. So and why would you lie? And if this is somebody that you care about and this is your girl, regardless of anything, you would want to find her. You would not give any false information that would send them in the wrong direction or the wrong details to not get what was needed. Give, why is... Yeah, Valerie, I think she needs something. Yeah, something. Yeah, something's not adding up. Nordstrom, welcome to the show. Hi, everyone. Uh, yes, uh, welcome. I enjoyed that interview from yesterday. I reached out to her this afternoon, this evening. Let's see if we can do another show together. Uh, very enjoyed it. Norma, her boyfriend, that is right. Last one to see, last one to touch, last one usually involved. That's what everybody looks at. Lisa again, does anyone know how they became a couple? Yeah, how did they become a couple? That's nowhere does that, no, no nothing is released about that. And that is what the I want to point out. Um, no, his name has not been released. No information on him. No tattoos, no height, no weight, no description, no nothing. We just know that it's a male boyfriend. Oh, that's not hard. That's public information. Well, I haven't been able to recover it. 
anywhere. Oh, I can help out uh, on that because okay. we can see please who do. gets booked in and please do. Yeah, that's because easy. He, he hasn't been charged with anything of her. She's only he's only been charged as an escapee, and they're only holding right. in the month. Yeah, yeah we so can go to the, can, we can go to the looked, state website. I have searched. They're being very tight lipped. It brought um, flashbacks from why Brent, they're not. Brendan wants to know: Does she know him before he got out of jail? I, I don't know. They're they're not releasing any of that information. I've not been able to find that find that at all. Um, Either they beat her up, Valerie says, and then someone assisted her with her disposal. Uh, I, I hate to even think of that. Uh, that is the worst possible case scenario. I really do. Uh, I really do. Kita, is there any negative history regarding Heather? Uh, that was my next question. You know, what is the history behind Heather? Nothing. I have not found much at all about her um, besides the whole missing. Besides the whole missing, it does not release. It just gives the information of her whereabouts, her kids, and the missing. Um, even with, like, uh, the social media, um, I, I have looked. There's a lot of, of stuff about her missing, but nothing really before. Um, now I do know that, uh, she does have quite a bit of tattoos. Um, and that's, I'm not, I have tattoos. I'm not saying anything wrong with that, but I don't know if there's any significance there. Um, by all things I can find, she was attentive with her kids, her kid, you know, her kids are all in her home. She took care of them. There was communication. There was no investigations prior to, to her. Um, as any wrongdoing, uh, I didn't look up anything like her, her, I didn't look up like if she's been booked anywhere or anything like that. Um, and we, yeah, we need to check that Norma. If he turn off the tether, wasn't that predetermined? Yeah. I mean, they're, they're saying that that was premeditated. Yes. They did say that, that it indicated with premeditation because, of the, because the, the, Tether malfunctioned conveniently, then it malfunctioned back on the fact that it was before he left work where they know that he was picking her or she was picking him up. But he had stated that she had picked him up in the afternoon and dropped him off at the halfway house. That was not the case. Well, Lisa That's says she must have trusted him. Well, Lisa, if I was dating you, all right, and you pick me up, I trust you. Yes. And now, I may not know who you was like, in the right car after. with. Yeah, even if they I met mean, right after, he was out in the middle of July of 2022. So now this is December. You're dating this a guy for five, six months, and knowing that he has to check in, he's on parole. He's got to be good. He's got a GPS. He's got two jobs. Okay, it would look as if he's being rehabilitated, trying to integrate, carry on a relationship. But we don't know what causes people to snap to think that somebody's life's not worth anything or to take it. We don't know. We don't know if it was a case where maybe he wanted to, you know, put, give her, put her and make her do something kind of like the last case. We don't know at this point because there's not much information as to the investigation details on him as of yet. And he's only been labeled as a person of interest. So that's another, another thing to remember. Brenda says, why would anyone date somebody with the past like that? You know why? Because it's called love. That's what it is. Yeah. They fall in love. Come on, baby. Let's play this game. Come on. Let's play the game of love. So, but anyways, 
Uh, I mean, who knows? Maybe, you know, we, we heard there is a uh, uh, past with uh, narcotics. So who knows? Does that and play a role in this? A conspiracy of murder. So let's murder for so, um, the conspiracy member. The, that was only accused, but that was never charged. So we're talking 2010, 2013. He's out before his 13 years in this halfway house. But are there other conditions? Is he working with anybody? Is he undercover? Is he, a, you know, we don't know. And we don't know if maybe he got caught up in something, maybe like a sex trafficking or, and it kind of didn't go happen that way. This is, the sex trafficking thing is a huge issue right now. And it kind of begs to differ or it leaves, you know, you, you got a question in your mind. I mean, I know if that would happen to me, I'm not going to go and get drugged. I would probably die fighting my way to get free. We don't know what goes on. And unfortunately, because he's lying from the get and we already know that he's lying and all the DNA evidence to show that the violent crime had occurred, his past, all the coincidence of all the malfunctions and locations pings, and then how he ran, he lied about somebody threatening to kill him as if there's no, like, you know, your GPS is turned off. You know, like ping your phone. Do you not think that they're going to go back and see if this thing is true? And then I need heart surgery. So then you let me out. I mean, you just don't need heart surgery one day. You kind of have like a, a stepping thing. You know what I mean? You go. Yeah. I need heart surgery going through all this. I would. Well, right. So I, you know what I mean? Like, it's so blatant that either the intelligence factor is not there to think that, wow, I'm going to make up the stuff and they're not going to look into it or have any way to know if I'm telling the truth. Or you are so blatant and, and like thinking you're going to get away with everything that whatever is going to be made up, it, they're gonna, he's just going to be believable. It's going to pass. Well, Valerie says it's important to know if she knew him before he was jailed. Now, I'm going to assume that probably so. I'm not saying I'm right. I don't think so. I don't think so. I'm going to tell you why. Remember, he was he, he served time in 2010. Then he went back and served 2013. She she has she was with her father's kids. The 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 her um the father's all right. kids. You got me on that point. Age. Yeah, because he has been on parole all that time. So you right. got me on that one. All right. That's so a good I don't, point. I don't think so. From from what is saying and how she was with her kids, it's the same father. She was very attentive. There was no reports of, of negligent or, you know, abuse or anything. I don't think so. I, because she was with this father and, and you, they, you heard the ages of the kids, right? They're very yeah. close together. So you're having a baby. You're pregnant. You're still with the same dad. You're taking care of them. You're a good mom by all accounts. And then something happens that I don't think how they wouldn't have met in that 13 year span and that 13 year span, how many kids does she have? They're very close together. All right. You sold me on that. Lisa, the TV stations really didn't say much besides missing kids and they want their mom. Yeah. yeah. That, that was kind of strange. Brenda knows Norma, right? Missing. What, what did she do for a living? Having eight kids. That's expensive. I don't think she, I mean, I don't, they didn't list anything. I don't, I mean, I'm sure she probably stayed home. I would assume until something happened with her and, and the father um, of the children, because I, how would you, I don't see where that would be even feasible or economically 
like a, a wise decision to pay and go back. You know what I mean? I don't think that she had done anything. So living off welfare. I I don't know. I can't make that. But we don't know. I don't know because I I don't even know. I know the name of the father, but I, I it doesn't. They only mention him by name. That's it. Nothing. There's nothing more about the father except he's the father of the eight children, which, you know what? Now just thinking about that, where's the father of the children right now? I didn't. Yeah, I wasn't going to say anything. I was not going to bring that question up. Where is the father of the children after the brother and his wife? So Valerie was asking, uh, maybe he had jealousy streak. Well, I think there's a little more than jealousy. And Lisa said, these are really some good questions. I just, that just hit me. That I swear to God, it just hit me. Live TV, folks. This is live TV. Hmm. I wasn't going to bring that up. That, that, I mean, that is really, we're going to, I'm going to have to dig into that. You know, I know why, why would the brother say, and maybe well, they're going to have to stay with family. We're not going to split them up and put them in foster care. Hmm. So, yeah, we're going to have to figure this out one way or the other. We are going to have to figure this out because what if they were in the same ring at some point? Okay. Or, or something happened to where he was maybe incarcerated for some reason while the visitation stuff happens like that. We're going to have to look into that. Who knows? I don't know what rabbit hole we're going to go down to on this one. Me either. That's I mean, that I'm, yes, I'm going to definitely. Uh, but what? looking at this from the outside in, ladies and gentlemen, it sounds like they met up. Maybe to pick him up, take him back. And maybe she knew or saw something. Maybe she shouldn't have saw or knew. And he told her to probably keep her mouth shut. And maybe somebody was with them that that said that no, you're you you're not gonna keep your mouth shut. You, you're telling me you're not, and something else happened. I don't know. I mean, we're just you know theorizing at this point. We don't know what happened. Yeah, I see. Oh, Valerie, he could he could be working with Crooked Wing Unit. That's what. That's what I was getting to because with the last case, remember, kind of how that was whole release was going on. Kita, high class dinner club. Hmm, very pretty. Hmm. What kind of uh, cleaner do? What know, what kind of diner club is this, by the way? Since, it's a private dinner club. The first. The yeah. So is, when you say private, like Kita says, what kind of private? Let me Google. Gotta elaborate. You want the name Let of me Google this. What's the name of that dinner club? Let me give you the name. Now uh, I want to know. It is. Uh, it's called Park Club. The Park Club. The Park Club in Michigan. Yep, Ladies yeah, and gentlemen, I am not going to show this. You until know, it's actually just it park. First. It's just actually Park Club. All right. Park Club. Park Club. And what city is this in? It is in um, Kalamazoo, I believe. Yes, in Kalamazoo. How you spell K A L A M as in Mary A Z O O. I will also let you guys in that Kalamazoo is a high crime city. 
It is a very high. Now, I'm not going to show this until I get to look at it first, just in case there is something up with this. All right, let's see here. They got a Facebook page, ladies and gentlemen. I'm yes, clicking on it. And it's very, if you look at the page, there's not much to go on there. Well, uh, that's very interesting. Uh, I will share this with you, ladies and gentlemen. Hold on. I just didn't want to. I just didn't want to do it live and bring something up and be like, "Oh my God, what did I do?" Yeah, I'm gonna try something too as well while you are doing that. All right, so let me share uh, Park Club. Here we go. So this is what came up. Is it? Are we, are we looking at it now? Yeah. Does it say why it's private though? See, that's the thing. Why is it private? That's the inside pictures. But then you got a dorky looking cartoon dork here. I mean, why would you do that with a nice restaurant? So I wonder if it's like a banquet center. It kind of looks maybe like a banquet center. Hmm. Anchovies on a salad. All right. Let's see here. Events. Let's look at the events here. No, nothing came up when I click the events. Yes. Let's see here. Facebook. Foundation. Let's look at Yelp. Well, same look. There's the same picture with the uh, salad with the sardines on it. Uh, the words finest Pinterest uh, inspired craft studio located. Imagine do-it-yourself craft studio where you can make the most popular arts and craft projects. That does not make any sense. Oh, you, oh, you may also consider. That's why. American wine bars open. CL13 photos. This is strange. Oh, so here's another important detail that I missed. They had also found her clothing near her car. All of her clothing or just clothing? It says her clothing. It doesn't say what. It just has her clothing. I need to write that down. That's weird. So this is a house. It's turned into a private organization. A club. Now, I hate to hit this now, button live on air. I wonder if you can pull up too. So the viewers can see. Next, see, let's see if we can pull up the halfway house. All right. What's the name of it? Um, it's called, it's K-P-E-P. K-P-E-P. Yeah. In Kalamazoo. It's on Chicago Avenue.
Yeah, it just says KPEP, so I don't know. Yeah, it's KEP.com. There we go. KPEP? Oh, that doesn't look like it's it. Let me go back in. I would do KPEP halfway house. That's what I did, see? K oh, I'll put KPEP. Yeah, okay. K, K, P as in Paul, E, and then P as in Paul. KPEP. Yeah. Okay. And it's on um, Chicago Avenue. Kalamazoo, here we go. It doesn't really show anything. Programs, facilities, Kalamazoo Park Street. Is that is that the end Park Street? No, it's on Chicago. There's nothing about a park. The only park was well, we just Chicago looked up. Ave. It's on Chicago Ave. 537 yeah. Chicago. Chicago Avenue, one of three facilities in Kalamazoo. So that must be it. So when they, I they, click they, on they, it, they give the address. And it brings me up to Chicago Avenue. But then I don't see really, you know, they don't show facilities. Any mm -mm. I was hoping they showed pictures of it. Oh, okay. right there, the Chicago Avenue one. Hold on. Facilities. There. Go down to here. Why in the world is it doing that to me? Oh, Missy, I want to comment on Missy's too. Um, that may be the case. However, it's not mentioned anywhere, but looking at the pictures and the one, the one actually looks like um, a mugshot. I'm not sure if it is, um, but if, there are tons of pictures of her and um it's changing like it's different changes um all right well let's look, look at, at one picture and think that it's not her the next picture if that if you can may kelly or right yep yep it remembers k-e-l-l-e-y let's look at some images here and ladies and gentlemen, i i dive deep in these cases i dive i i i go down rabbit holes i connect the dots with other names um kind of, like i really go into everything and this is the information that i have and because the person of interest is only a person of interest they haven't released his name they only say a boyfriend some use an acquaintance other use a friend um but given that the evidence that was found, the forensic evidence, the truck ablaze, the, you know, the details of the case, the lying, the surveillance camera, the two jobs. We can also look up the other job too, Grizzly. I don't know what that other job is because it doesn't state what he does. Like the private dinner club actually stated that he's a dishwasher. And that, and that's why I said, if it did malfunction, it malfunctioned right before he was getting off work. So like this picture right here is, was in... Well, it says nineteen ninety nine, but I don't believe that. That's that's not right. So I was trying to figure out a date when these pictures were taken. 
So, because I mean, compared to what 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 I saw in this picture, that does not look like the same person. No, it doesn't. And and if you go to multiple pictures, it's like a complete change. So, it, I don't know if something had changed after maybe you know that he's they split up with the, the child's father if when he met her i i don't know we don't know because there's not much out there given not even on her like i know her tattoos i know her height i know her weight i know her her details of her vehicle and but and that she has eight children the when we saw the age that was the first i even heard of the age and we know that they're all obviously under 18 but after seeing that video, and as you guys noticed, that's when I kind of thought, okay, well, wait a minute. Why, why, where's the father? Why is the father not asking, regardless if they're split up? I mean, I would think that the father would say, I, this is my, my children's mom. Or he would be involved in caring for them at this point. Where is he at? And I, I know, so, I know the father's is, name. It's all eight kids. Is one father or they? Yes, yes, it's one father. Okay, the unknown and father. And that's what I'm saying. Like if eight kids, all in the age of eighteen. You're going to be pretty busy at home. So that's what I'm saying. I don't think that the there was any type. I don't think they knew each other prior. I'm, and that's why I said maybe because the father is not on the news. The father is not taking care of those eight children right now. Maybe he is somewhere detained and maybe that's where it's me i don't know we can only we can only make assumptions right now we're only throwing out ideals of what is really going on in this case it's not being released i mean it is a sad part of it and somebody is responsible for her death and we do want to obviously find her because regardless if she was doing something or, or a user or she got involved in the wrong crowd or mixed up or saw something, seen something like we saw with the last case, you know, nobody deserves to be thrown out like that on the wayside. And those, those kids, that's their mom regardless. So this, this is why when this case was presented, that's why I wanted to, to dig deep in it, knowing that there's not many details, but we can draw on our group of people and and see what we can find. And to be honest, after the last case, I needed a little bit of breather. Now the next case, that's going to be a big one. Yeah, but you know, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not looking at the comments because I'm out here. I don't know why I'm getting these pop-ups all of a sudden. They want me back stuff, but uh, I don't know why her uh, pictures are so different. Where am I at here? Um, and, and the police are stating, um, as of now, that the person of interest, okay, which we know it's her boyfriend, who is being held on unrelated charges, so we can draw, we can, we can make that assumption that that's who the person of interest is. Um, he is giving very limited cooperation in the investigation, um, and they do believe that that person did help with burning of the vehicle to possibly destroy the evidence which obviously that's kind of you know common sense um they are banking that 
I don't know the, the, the dive teams. Um, we saw that the dive teams were searching over there. I don't know. They didn't say that there was any ponds or um, off the road or embankment, but however, it's kind of sad that the statement was made, but they said that hoping that spring is near that with people out walking that the body would thaw and she would be recovered at that time because basically they, they quit looking again. I don't know, ladies and gentlemen, that is, uh, I don't know if you can hear this uh, audio or not. Um, and they do believe that she is still in, in the area of, um, um, what was the name of that? Oh God. Shay, could you hear the audio? No, I couldn't hear it. I'm sorry. I'm trying to. I'm looking can you hear that? No. All right. Hold on. Let me go back and hit this button. Oh, I thought I was sharing my screen all this time. I was searching, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Here. Yeah, I'm sharing these pictures and stuff. Oh. Yeah, and they are saying that they do believe that she is in, like, the edge of the road near where her clothes and her truck was located. They don't think that she's too far off from where they found this evidence. Target investigator Ken Colker spoke to her today. Ken? Heather, Kelly, Heather Kelly's mom can't do much more than wait by the phone for news on her daughter. So far, nothing. I'm missing her bed. And I just want her to come home. Heather Kelly's mom did not want to be identified. She says police told her not to discuss details about the case. Mm. So far, police have told her little. The Kalamazoo County Sheriff's Department shared her daughter's missing poster on its Facebook page. It shows she left her home about 9 Saturday night, then spoke to her kids by phone at 10.20 p.m., telling them she would be home shortly. She never returned. She was reported missing the next day. She's a very good mom. She takes care of her kids real good. Yeah. She goes to work every day, pays her bills. She does, she just needs to come home. Her vehicle was found abandoned the day after the disappearance near North Sprinkle in East Michigan. <laughs> Neighbors there say they have seen helicopters circling over the woods in the area. She wouldn't just take off and leave her kids like this would she no she's she's a very good mom she would not leave her kids the sheriff's department of portage police are working the case together they have said little about the investigation and today refused to discuss the disappearance or the search i'm hoping she comes home alive i ain't gonna let my guard down until i find out she comes home Heather Kelly is described as five feet 10, about 130 pounds with long blonde hair. Heather, if you're out there, please come get hold of me. I wanna know where you're at. Anyone with information is asked to call the Kalamazoo County Sheriff's Department or the Portage Police Department. Live in the newsroom, I'm targeting investigator Ken Colker. All right, so we know she was working. Now, I know where you got the truck. On the flower, hold on. My YouTube's still playing. Man. Let me um, I can tell you the exact. This. So, um, on, the, I... on the flower, or flower, the flyer, it says truck, but 
the news media says vehicle. Okay, so Kita says it's a high class dinner club. And she was very pretty. Um, go ahead. 2015 Toyota Venza. Right. Okay. I don't. Is a Venza so a car? It was not a truck. Yeah, Venza is a car. Okay. Am I right, ladies and gentlemen? Missy needed money, some extra money. Her ex did get jailed for planning a crime. Maybe she was proposed to do something illegal. Then she said no, and there was a fight. Uh, you said it. I, I didn't. Yeah, and that's why I was kind of, I don't know if that's the case, but that's what I was leading to is maybe he is detained and incarcerated, and maybe that's, you know, in the cahoots of something going on, either between them two, a ring, if she met him in there while visiting him. I, I don't know. So, Valerie, maybe she did hook up with him while he was incarcerated. Maybe it was one of those love letter things. I don't know. Right. Missy right. Juju. He may uh killed her for he's afraid for her uh ratting him out to cops. Uh hence she may have been killed. That I, we don't know. That's that's the secret. What 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 was the secret? Right. Not knowing how dangerous he is. Norma. And knowing the past and the incarceration, you have other parolees in this halfway house. You know, we don't know. And where is the father? Where is the father who's been with her this whole entire time? Because obviously she's got eight children under 18. They were in a relationship. I, I can't see him coming back just, in, you know, impregnate and gone. You know, I don't see that happening. So that's what I was thinking. Where is the father that the father does not have the, or with, even with these kids? Because they're in another home. They're not in the home that she lived where she was taking care of them, right? So where's the father? Why is the father not on the news? Why is the father not? Well, now I'm jumping to conclusions and forgive me, ladies and gentlemen, for Grizzly making this statement. If he's totally incorrect, I do apologize. Now, let's say allegedly the father is incarcerated. Now, don't some prison have conjugal visits? No, not in Michigan. Not in Michigan? Okay. No. But and we don't know if that's the case, but I, the fact I'm that, just asking. Right, right. So I know I, I don't believe so. And if what if they is there is no, I don't think there is. I've never thank you, Lisa. Case. I really appreciate that. I really do. Thank you, Lisa. So yeah, I don't I've never heard of it being in Michigan. There's not many out there, and I think for that you have to be um anywhere where there's conjugal visit, I believe that you have to be like in there for a long stint. Like a lo really long stint. Well, I don't know. I've never been locked up. Well, I've been in handcuffs, <laughs> but I've not been. That did not sound good. We ladies don't want to know about that. That did not sound good. I did not mean it that way. But uh, no. He's kidding. Uh, Valerie, yeah. <laughs> if the father was incarcerated, he may have. <laughs> I can't even read now. Are he you, may have hired you are all red. Like you, you just changed three yeah, shades. Right. Uh, uh, worked with him to set her up. Uh, I mean, that who knows? Yeah, Missy, those scratches were her defense, you know. That that's what I'm thinking, yeah. I yeah, mean, that's what exactly because why the front the and back? another coincidence, he did not run into a bobcat and the side road of Michigan did not happen, especially shirtless, you know. So, that's why was he shirtless? It's December, it was December in Michigan, ladies and gentlemen. Up in the southwestern part of the state it is cold it is cold now the front and back is what's got me 
the front, chest, and the back, the scratches. Valerie. I don't. I uh, yeah, they them. need to find out if the ex. Uh, oh, where'd Valerie go? I hit a button and everything just went crazy. Well, I will. You know what? I know the father's name. Um, I won't release obviously right now. I know. I will. I will look into that. I can absolutely find out if he was incarcerated, ever incarcerated, or currently incarcerated. And uh, Shay, you do a fantastic job investigating these cases. Yes, she does. Oh, she puts a lot, a lot into this. <laughs> I do. I do. Uh, uh, thank Shay, you. I appreciate awesome that. This. Thank you. Uh, Missy, I know the closure is neat. Yeah, I mean, this is what we're here for. Norma is also suspicious of the ex-husband, too. Um uh, is he an ex or, or or is she still married? I He's, don't know. Well, I mean, if she's been dating him, I mean, I would assume that if he was out, if he was released and put in this halfway house um, in July, middle of July, and she's picking him up in December and felt comfortable, I would think that she had been dating him for a while. At, at least, at the very least, like maybe a little bit after he was released. Let's say right. that she met him after. Now, we don't know. People don't know where she worked. have changed, Shay, since our generation. Yes. They can get on these social apps, and yes. next thing you know, they go home together the same night. They're not like us. Oh, I know. So, <laughs> they don't even know those names. <laughs> right. Keller, Valerie, uh, maybe he's dead, the actual father. I don't know. I mean, we don't. That's, yeah. we don't. Uh, Lisa, I'm stuck on the dinner page. You know, know I am too. I mean, is this a front? Is I'm this gonna, a front? Can it I, be a front, ladies and gentlemen? Right, because a private dinner club. I listen. Kalamazoo is not a nice. It, Kalamazoo has a very high crime rate. It is not a nice place. Like Kalamazoo is not a nice, nice city. It's kind of like Detroit. Um, so a private dinner club in Kalamazoo. It just I. There is a there's a college there. Um, either right in Kalamazoo or right outside Kalamazoo, but I can't foresee it having private dinner club and when you said private dinner club i thought of different entertainment but obviously it, that's not set up for that type of entertainment well, so that's I, what i was I, afraid of bringing on live until i checked it out just to I make sure. but you know what i'm going to check, uh, check. valerie so they need to talk to the co-workers see what they may know I, I assume they already did that or they have and Valerie says the father may be dead. Well, we don't know. Well, they that's did, and that's thing. how they know what, what time he worked. That's why, because they got to check in. When somebody's on parole, like, they have to check in. Like, the boss has separate stuff that he has to sign for the parole officer. Because when you go on parole, you have to show them. You you show check stuff. You show the time. You have to sign in everything. And that's why, like, I know, like, they have, like, a, a housemaster, which I don't want to say warden. Like, a warden is in charge of a prison, Okay a housemaster or somebody even like a sobriety, they have like a, a person that does like all the testing, make sure that everything's, co you know, kosher. Like, you know, they have to check in with them. They have to keep a record because there is, there is, um, you know, he is being disciplined. He's still being disciplined. Yeah. Hi. Uh, hi, Sean. Mob run. Hey, crazy witch. Yeah, I, I, I refuse to look at myself when I was that red. Trust me. I will have to watch the replay, though. I'm uh, looking uh, And you know what? The person that was um, the footage that you brought up uh, right. about her talking about the kids, her and her husband. I I just found that person's name, so I will dig into that. Really? Later. Yes, I did. 
Remember, they don't want to release their names or anything. I, I, I found them. So Valerie, yeah, back to what I said, could could be crooked cops. I don't know. Or a bigger picture. Or a bigger picture. Eight mouse, eight mouse to feed requires a decent amount of money. What does she do for a living? That's that was not stated. Her, right. Her mom said she worked every day and paid her bills. Right. And eight children, and maybe she did get assistance, but maybe he was doing something that wasn't on the up and up to help. And maybe that led him into a wrong road, a bad path to where it's more criminally, um, not organized crime, but like he got involved with something is maybe what I'm thinking. Maybe he got involved because why is he not around? I, I'm going to check that too. Well, crazy wits. Yeah. There's the evidence. There is a bigger picture that we are missing. Most definitely. And that's why I, I thought this case would be a good one to present. Because we can bounce ideals off each other. The audience can bounce ideals. And then we can ask for assistance and help. I will miss him. I will. I know. Wait, wait. I have to look at my glasses. To, there we go. That's just for Missy there. Unbelievable. Caught me off. I'm glad I didn't read that one out loud, ladies and gentlemen. Because that was going to be. What's going to go on? <laughs> Never mind. I'm, next. Sean, so Grish, yesterday's show was, was crazy dolls. Yeah, so every morning I say good morning to the dolls and say good morning to Jackie. And my activity has ceased. Uh, knock on what? Was that a child? Um, Probably. Okay. <laughs> I just want to make sure it was not on my end. It was okay. a teenager. Okay, all right. That makes me feel a lot better. Yeah, I got I got dolls that have attachments. It's a it's for another show. It's it's actually true. So yeah, I saw the dolls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Missy, okay, I'll behave. Thank you, Missy. I don't want to blush again. You made my glass. You made my eyes tear up with tears. Really, you made from laughing. But so I already had one psychic uh, yesterday reach out to me. Already knew that we were working on a case. Already knew what case we was going to work on. It just blew my mind because he was already getting information. And I'm like, ah, don't, don't tell me. Don't tell me nothing. Who was it? I'm uh, somebody from uh, across the pond. Okay. So, yeah. So this is something that uh, we will reach out to uh, our group with people with special abilities and uh turn it over to them and see what we can find out now meanwhile ladies and gentlemen when that happens uh grizzly glad that you're behaving yes norma i always try to behave i never know when sonya's watching or not so i try to uh valerie we're a lot to think about yes well it is a lot to think about uh this is a good case yeah. to figure out guys it is a good case because there's there's a lot of twists and turns right now, the only thing about working on current open cases is a couple of things. Is that it is active. And if we hit the right pieces of the puzzle, who's watching and knows that we know that they know that we know what happened? That's the scary part. You catch my drift? Yes. And that's, so. that is the scary part. And that's why when I started getting into this deeper, um, the lack of information that they're sharing and not naming, like, cause I cannot find, I cannot find this guy's name anywhere. I, I can't find it. 
I know of his charges. I know what he was in jail for. I know that he's on parole. I know about his tether, his phone. There's no name listed. So Lisa, why does that happen? We get license plate numbers, Lisa. We get house numbers, Lisa. We get, you would not believe the information we get from our psychics. Yeah. So we have a code word. It's not always on air because we can't release those. Right. And plus, not only we can't release those information, but also last with the last case, we we touched on some very dangerous things and um, we had to kind of leave some stuff out and do it backstage because, you know, that case is like really close to me. And yeah. yes. You, and, you want, you want Shay and Grizzly to swim with the fishes? You <laughs> want me at the bottom of the Ohio river with concrete? No, don't think so. Ladies and gentlemen. Right. Yes. I like to hear what they say about and the Zodiac killer. Somebody yeah. just said something about, about the family and not saying anything. Remember with the last case, we said that like everything went silent, like all the social medias, the, the nobody's family was speaking out about his release. This is the type, this is the same situation of like everybody's being hush hush. Like they're told, they're told not to say, why is he, because they, they have him detained because they're holding him because he's an escapee from parole. But they know, they know that he's the last person seen and all this evidence and the scratches. Is he being put to use for something bigger? All right. So he's on parole for whatever crime that he allegedly committed. Right? Murder for so, plot. And the, yep. That so was how many years was he sentenced to? 13 for, years. He was in 2013. He was supposed to get 13 years. So, but how many sitting on a shelf? 30, 40, uh, 20. No, well, 13 years too. So 2013, he should have got, he should have went up for parole in 2026. He was released July of 2022 to the halfway house. So he's only got a couple of years left on the shelf. That doesn't make any sense. Right. Right. So you get my picture, make- yes. So usually when you're on parole, you know, you, you have some time sitting on a shelf. If you get in trouble, you got to serve the remaining of that time. Well, he sh- he's probably going to serve the remainder on, on the tether for parole until the whole 13 years is up. That's my point. You right, because he drift? shouldn't have even went up for the parole board. But Now Missy's on my track. Yeah, Missy's jumping on my mm-hmm. train now. Now, what I'm thinking also is, is we all know we've watched the police series, the TV shows. They take one guy and they flip that guy, go to the next guy. And then they always go to get the bigger fish. And think about it. He had, a, he had the, that's what he was charged for was the, the um, drug, the drug offenses on top of the murder for plot. Then he conspired. And it was, remember, a big, he was conspiring with others to kill a big um, drug Alleged. Alleged. Yeah, accused. 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 But he was never charged with that. Listen, he was never charged with that. And there's no details in the court that that anybody can find on on that. Are you following me now? Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, I wonder if they got him in a padded room right now for safety. Oh, I'm sure. 
Um, I, I would guess. I mean, if you're going to want the biggest drug lord, allegedly, I mean, he had to find out. Oh, yeah, and you know that he was going to do some walking. And the rings don't stop. You go to prison, it's just another... It's just another they're, ring. They're, That's yeah, associated with the rings they're inside, too. They, they can pick up a phone. Yep. Hey, you see that guy over there that just got in there? Number 125-65443. Yeah, <laughs> that's him. Valerie. Here's the sharp toothbrush. That's right. Uh, who who did he plot to kill, and how did the gal relate it to the case? Just saying he, she, or not? We don't know. That's, that's they, the thing. They just said the, the drug dealer. The, a drug dealer with a drug crime. There was a conspiracy. Because there's that is all the details. All the details are left out of, of the court. So they're not releasing those details. Usually when those details aren't released, there's something bigger at play. And as for her, we don't think she's related to that previous case because we think that she's, she started knowing him either right before he got out or after he got out because she had been with somebody else and had the father, you know, born eight children with him. Now, Valerie, you said it. I didn't. Was she a potential witness? Yeah, that's... That's another, that's another scenario. Now, that's, uh, that is a very good uh, fork in the road right there. Because he didn't have a vehicle. She was picking him up from work. So where, who, whose red truck was that? That pulled off just seconds before her truck caught on fire. So, and let's say he didn't drive. Okay. We don't know if he did or did not. Well, let's say he didn't drive. Now, how would he get to all of his places where he would have to go to? Right. Heather. So Heather would have to take him everywhere he needed to go to. Now, if he, which is him, was doing things illegally, then Heather would have to know, because Heather would have to be involved by either dropping him off or witnessing what was going down. So, and I don't know if she knew somebody because we don't know too much in the background. Like, it's just like the missing details. There's They're being very hush-hush and quiet. But we know that he did. We know that the person I'm interested. Yeah. And I, and yes, a CI. And that's what somebody's just said, a CI. And that's what we are alluding to, basically. Crazy witch, guys playing women. Women play guys all the time. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, we don't know. But what's what's strange, being in law enforcement and being a, just even a civilian, I don't know how long those pictures have changed over a span of time. But that can indicate several things, and I'm not going to go into it. Right. It can be health-related. It can be thyroid-related, you know, health issues. And also, can it, it can be related to whatever else I'm not going to go into because I'm not going to allege or assume or point a finger it could be. But I'll let you, your imagination go wander on that. But I see what happens when people do certain things and how it affects their body and how it changes them. So that's and, and that could be because we don't know there hasn't been any release. And you said like you saw when um, the, the person and the brother who's taking care of the kids, um, they were very quiet and the mom wouldn't even get on like mom has. There's no pictures of her mom, nothing to mention about her mom. Like, that is the first thing I saw regarding her mom speaking out. And she didn't want to be seen. So they know who this guy is. We don't. We don't know what this guy looks like. We just know he's a person of interest in his past. 
they know who he is and they're hiding and don't want to say who they are or where they're located. Correct. So why is that? There's what she's saying, ladies and gentlemen. If you look at what is being presented to you, if the mother refuses to be on TV, does that not indicate the fear that she is in? And the they, and the brother won't lo- like say where they're located, even close to where they're located. So and what I do, do I they do know? Have, I did find the person that's taking care of the kids. I will reach out, but I, I mean, I know they're not going to come on air, on air, but maybe they can give share a little bit more. We'll see. And then maybe so, I can go, you know, dig further into that. But so what do they know that they do not want us to know? What was she involved in? What was he involved in? What did they find out by mistake? And they they live, you know, they live there. They know. Get over here. So they know, you know, who he is. So they're they're in fear for a reason, right? Not that I would assume so. Right. But you know what, Grizzly? Look up this other place. I want to know what his second job was. All right. Look it up. I'm ready. All right. It's man, M-A-N-N, Hummel, H-U-M is Mary, M is Mary, E-L. And what is that? Where's that located at? It is on 6400 South Sprinkle. South Sprinkle. Like Sprinkle Fairy Dust? Yep. All right. And it is, well, I don't want to drive there. Hold on, ladies and gentlemen. It's actually giving me a map there. It is a D&D popular what? Hold up here. Because that's located on South Sprinkle. Now, her, her vehicle was located on East Michigan, which is just north of Sprinkle. It is a automotive warehouse is what that is, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, because he he arrived there at 6.55 a.m. At 6.54 p.m., that's when her the cousin found the vehicle. Oh, it's an automobile repair warehouse is what that is. Oh, well, what kind of, I mean, is it like a big business or? Hold on, I'm trying to find pictures. Is bringing it up on Yelp. Because that's another, um, you know could be another ring of some sort of illegal activity. Mm, I can't find a picture, ladies and gentlemen. Hmm. No pictures, just yellow pages, uh, addresses. Uh... So an automotive repair warehouse. Let's think about that for a second. All sorts of illegal activity can go on. Here we go. I've got a picture. But it's weird, though, is that they got reviews. Here, let me me share this. They got reviews, but it does. They have no complaints about visiting the place. I don't don't understand that. I mean, anybody can write a review. uh, You know, (laughs) it's got to look legit. It's got to look legit if if you're on parole and you got to report that. There it is. Right there, Portage, right there. That's the right address, right? 6400 South Sprinkle. Road. Yep. 
So that's what came up under Yelp. Then when I go back, and I go back again, uh-oh. And when I first brought it up, it said, uh, see, uh, Chamber of Converse, same address, owner verified, call today. No, see here, no pictures. Hmm. Let's click images, images here. Let's see what pops up. There we go. So yeah, so it actually is a warehouse then, not a car. Well, I don't know. It's an automotive business. So well, that's usually the back if, you, of the if business. you pull up a business, especially Yelp or whatever, they have pictures. Uh, you know, the Google Map, the 3D, where you at. You know, they because they want to be located, correct? So, what kind of business is in advertising except for the few good reviews? Huh, right. I mean, they can run. A, they can. They can make it look like legit. But I'm. You know, it's just very another coincident, coincidental occurrence, I guess. Mm -hmm. Well, with everything else, especially if you got to pass with drugs and illegal activity and rings of, of sorts, I. A lot of things can happen there. Oh, and how you know the vehicle just accelerated and blew up the way it did so quickly i you know that would yeah be, well to me somebody was trying to destroy evidence that physical evidence. so uh lisa escort chop chop who That's knows what i was thinking and a way to pack things in places brenda that... says the red truck is there norma it is a warehouse it looks like but what's weird norma is that if one of it says that they got their car repaired there, so I don't know. I, well, I, I'm, I, they probably do legit business. I'm not saying they don't, but they have to. If they if they have a chamber of commerce and it's the owner verified, they have to do business. You know what I mean? But after hours and inside, and you have a bunch of parolees working, I mean, I'm not saying anything bad goes on there because we don't know, and I'm not taking my vehicle to find out. However... We, I'm just saying, if you if you look at the location, the activity, what they're there for, and the possibilities that could occur there. So Valerie, yeah, did she walk into something? She was supposed to remain in the car, and she had to take care. Of, well, who knows? Who Norma? did somebody say? Did somebody say that the red vehicle was there? Or the red uh, truck was there? Brenda says probably the truck is there. Norma says it's filter for cars. Grizzly, Abe, how you doing, y'all? What's happening, brother? Hi. Uh says Hi. leadership and filtration. Thanks, Norma. Air filtration company. Okay. So there we know. Filtration company. Okay. Nostrum. I'm glad that somebody fact checked us on that. Yes, indeed. I love it. So now we have a lot of coincidences. Just as I was saying that, Lisa popped it again. <laughs> wow. <laughs> You're right. A lot of coincidences. Yes. So I don't know. So, you know, it's going to be interesting. So that's what we're going to do, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to go ahead and we're going to take this and we're going to turn it over and see what's going to happen.
Yeah, because there's not there's not too much information and details for you to go off of to do another. You know, we can bring the group in right now. Officials of ranking ten have been. Now some of the psychics can bring come on right now and tell us. They usually do. Yeah, well. But with their schedules and stuff, we try let we try to give them some time ahead of time. Yeah, the one like the one in Europe, I think it was like she were in the night and she's like in the afternoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But ladies and gentlemen, from coast to coast around the world, man, it's been a great one. Let's see what we can do to get some answers. Yeah. So, we love everyone. You all. Share, share, share. Yes. Share us. Love us. So, what's next week? This show. We're gonna bring the group on. We're gonna bring the group on. We're gonna bring some psychics. Some answers, and then in the meantime, some answers. We're gonna be working on another big case. Um, yeah. Actually, for why the site that I help run is it, going, it's why it was founded. So, a lot of good information, a lot of good details. So, we will get this out to the psychics tomorrow and see who's game and wants to participate. I already got some on standby. It's itching for another case. <laughs> yes, she is. <laughs> so, I got I blown I up tonight. Yes. yes. So, uh, where this goes, ladies and gentlemen, we never know. We don't want to have any false pretenses or false hopes. Uh, do uh, caution yourself. It can and will be and can or shall be and it could be graphic in what they reveal. So, Thank you, Lisa. Thank you. Trust me, Lisa, it gets even better. Oh, yeah. All right, Sean, see you next week. All right. Mayhem continues, but not in the ditch. <laughs> Crazy Witch. Please, no. Not tonight, uh, Crazy Witch. I got to work on my commercial. Yes, I'm working on my commercial. So. But thank you, ladies and gentlemen. We love you all. Make sure and email us. You want to get the email address out. Send your all crimes to us. And send us it the cases. Is. If you want us to look into anything, right. send it to us. Grizzlytruecrimes at gmail.com. That's grizzlytruecrimes at gmail.com. This is your emergency broadcast From us to you all, good night, everybody. See you soon. Take care. Bye. Bye.